going on, everybody? Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of The Welch Report with me, Jean-Luc Welch. Make some noise, clap it up, get excited wherever you are, because we are back with another jam-packed episode for you today, like we always come through with, with the excitement and energy that we have to talk about in the college football world. One of the biggest stories in all the sports, Deion Sanders beating 17th-ranked TCU 45-42, an upset that has shocked the entire sports landscape, as well as the Lakers signing Christian Woods for on their team to a two-year deal. What does this mean for their championship aspirations, and does it put them any closer to being a dominant force in the league outright for the next coming season? All this is going to be talking about right here on the World Report. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening so much. Leave a like on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Comment your thoughts and opinions. Subscribe to the channel and share the show with everybody that you know so we can build up this empire of a channel, of a community together. All are welcome. All are wanted right here on the World Report. So please share the show with everybody. Also, we're available on on every podcasting platform, Spotify, YouTube, excuse me, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're on it. If we're not there, tell me and I'll get there. But without further ado, we have to talk about Deion Sanders of Colorado beating TCU in what is actively one of the bigger upsets that we've seen in college sports because you have to understand the backdrop of this entire situation with Deion Sanders in Colorado as a whole. Not only is it that Deion Sanders coming from HBCU had been looking or in the public eye was looking to see if he was actually had what it takes to compete at an FBS level legitimately against top scene competition that is respected throughout the whole of the college football world would he actively be able to compete when it comes to coaching at this level of college football what's seen as the higher or highest level of college football as well as with them coming from Jackson State with them getting multiple championships with them being I believe on nearly 30 wins and less than 10 losses in his collegiate career at while coaching at Jackson State with these um, uh, incredible amounts of success that he had at HBCU colleges, would that be able to translate once he picked up his step and took up the mantle of being a coach at Colorado? With that being said, on the flip side with Colorado as a college, before Deion Sanders had gotten there, they were one of the worst teams in college football. They had a 1-11 record. Absolutely was getting blown out the water, left, right, and center. Not competitive in any way, shape, or form at this higher level of college football. So for him to come in there as a first-year coach with success on the back burner, now going in a situation where this is one of the worst of the worst in terms of as a, for a first-year coach being set up to succeed, it shouldn't have been that you actually we have what you need in order to turn this organization around. That's what it seemed like Deion Sanders would get himself into. And if he could actively turn it around, turn this abysmal organization into something that is legitimately successful, that would be a testament to his own coaching prowess and his ability to actively be a game-changing level personnel that can make any organization not just viable to to legitimate people and, and new recruits coming into college, but a legitimate threat to actually win and be competitive in this higher level of collegiate football. Now, with this win under his belt, this is a full slap in the face to everybody who hated on him coming into Colorado. Mind you, we've covered this whole situation earlier 
with Deion Sanders coming into Colorado. And the big thing, reason why that I said he was getting so much hate wasn't just because he was coming up from an HBCU, but it was also because of the fact that HBCUs felt that he wasn't swack all because he left them earlier than he had seemingly projected that he was going to leave because it seemed like he was going to be there for a longer term. Again, he accomplished everything he had accomplished, but then taking up, I believe it was a $20-plus million deal to go to Colorado, seemed like, oh, man, you said you were going to sit here and build, build, build for longer than just three years. At least that's what you seemed like you were projecting to us. So because you leave so early, now people felt betrayed. On top of that, with him, that's just from the HBCU side. Also from the rest of the collegiate side and everybody else in the larger college football landscape you we excuse me hbcus were never respected hbcus were never seen as a real viable means to get legitimate talent or coaching in any way shape or form so with that being the case all of this stuff was picked up against dion to essentially foster nothing but hate and contempt and legitimate ire for whether or not he would actively be something real in the college football landscape once he steps up into the big the big boys table of the fbs now going up against tcu mind you a man a organization who had played in the college football championship last year against georgia yes we understand they got beat yes we understand they got routed yes we understand they got whooped outright absolutely because georgia is a dominant powerhouse organization but TCU, nevertheless, is a legitimate squad. And because that's the case, for this to be Deion's first test, it is seen as, and was seen as, legitimately concerning. Concerning in terms of, on it was a two-sided coin. It was concerning if he lost, because then it would show and give everybody the fuel to say, I see, he ain't actually what he's been saying. It's all that Louis Vuitton Baggage he's been saying he's going to bring to Colorado is all fake. It's a fake luggage. Nothing is real about what he's actively trying to bring to the table. And he's just a facade of a legitimate megastar when it comes to the college football world. And he's just a phony. That was one side of the concern. But the other side of the concern was if he does, in fact, beat a legitimate organization like TCU. Now, everything that people have been saying about him is legitimately going to be thrown back in their face because it's been rah, rah, rah of whether or not Dion or excuse me, not whether or not, it's been rah, rah, rah that Dion will not be able to compete in the higher level of college football competitiveness. And if he actually is able to succeed, mind you, nonetheless, against somebody who just made it to the highest of highs in the college football landscape with him, with TCU going and and again losing but still getting to the college football championship against georgia if he's able to actively be successful against somebody that nearly climbed the top of the mountain this is a situation where oh shoot this changes the whole bunch of things in terms of the very landscape and the foundation of college football. This could be a legitimate takeover from Deion Sanders on the rest of the college football world. And we got to see the latter actually transpire with 
Everything that Dion said that was going to happen with him and his organization being backed up by how they performed against TCU. Again, you had Shakur Sanders, who was somebody who everybody said was only successful because of where he played in Jackson State and against other HBCU colleges, and that he wouldn't be able to actively do that against legitimate competition. Well, he put up 500-plus yards, four touchdowns, had a 90 QBR rating, and zero interceptions for the entirety of the game. Legitimately was dotting T. You up left, right, and center was had poised in the pocket, was smart, was controlled, was conditioned to be able to not let the moment overshadow him and add an absolutely insane performance against again a college football champion runner up. On top of that, you also had Travis Hunter who played utterly phenomenal. You want to talk about a dual threat? We know we talk about it with QBs. Travis Hunter is a legitimate dual threat on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. This man had 11 receptions, 110 yards on top of having an interception on the defensive end playing cornerback. This man is legit, can be legitimately seen as one of the best college football players in the entire nation with them being, to, with them being able to be legitimately a top-tier threat on two sides of the ball makes him, this is something that we haven't seen in a mighty long time, somebody who is able to be this adept at being a defensive and offensive juggernaut in college football. They were able to put together an absolute phenomenal performance. And again, people say that TCU doesn't have a great defense. Okay, fine. Understandable. Their offense is still a high-powered offense. And Deion Sanders and, and Colorado were able to match them blow for blow, bar for bar, throughout the entirety of the game. In a situation where, again, with somebody like Shakur Sanders leading the way, many people doubted that he would actively be able to put up the same numbers against legitimate competition. And even if the, the defense that he's facing isn't great, he would never be able to keep up with the offensive output that we can see these college football programs actually put up. Again, we, what did we see in that same weekend? Um, Oregon put up 81 points. Another team put up 71. It, it, uh, just blowouts left, right, and center. It was a situation where if you can't compete offensively, you don't have a shot. And what did we see happen? Legitimately, Colorado was able to hold their, not just hold their own, was able to be the aggressor and be the man that then TCU had to chase. You had to keep up with their own offense. It was phenomenal. And it showed and shut up everybody that was talking bad about Deion Sanders, about Shakur, about Shakur Sanders, and about the entire organization and the entire program that Deion was trying to build in Colorado, showing and giving credence to say he actively belongs here in the college football world, in the big boys arena, in the in the best of the best. We know now that Colorado and Deion Sanders can actively compete. And now they went from just being a juggernaut, or excuse me, from being a team that was seen as an underdog, to be perfectly honest, and a team that wasn't, again, was a Cinderella story that was going to end fairly quickly to now a team that's now got a target on their back and everybody wants them to get beat because now they don't want to see a legitimate team, a legitimate underdog that is proving everybody wrong, continue to have this level of success. Yes, we know we have a lot of people rooting for Deion Sanders, but there's also a bunch of people that are hating on Deion Sanders, hating on Colorado, and it's going to throw in the 
premise of, oh, this TCU wasn't really a great team. Oh, they didn't have a great defense. Oh, they, they were just a one-hit wonder last season. All of that's going to be thrown back in Colorado's face or attempted to be thrown back in Colorado's face in an effort to discredit everything that Colorado and Deion Sanders said that they were going to do, and they actively accomplished it. They said that they were prepared. They said they were ready. They said Shakur could perform. They said that they were as a team, built to compete with anybody. They knew what they were actually capable of, and nobody actually gave them a legitimate shot. Now that they've won, they're going to try to use every excuse. And this, When I say they, I mean media, the public, opposing teams, whoever is chooses to still not give Colorado and Deion Sanders the credit that they actively and now deservedly have earned from the greater college football landscape. They can't, the, calling this a fluke would just be ignorant. Now, yes, we also understand that consistency is key. I've preached this multiple times on this channel. You have to be consistent to actively get the, the sustained respect. Because again, yes, one time wins can actively happen. We understand it. We get that completely. But in the moment, calling it a fluke in the immediate is like, well, what the world? You can't, you can't be doing that right now just because you think, oh my gosh, you can't believe what happened. When, again, 500 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a high-powered offense with four people having 100 yards in the same game on Colorado's side, that's not just fluke performance. That's not a fluke-type performance that, you, that, 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 that just happens out the blue. It's not some, oh my gosh, they just, everybody at once just had a hot, you know, no. Performances like that legitimately show, oh, this team at their best can be one of the best, potentially. I'm not, I'm not when I say in the next, I'm not saying that they are, again, better than Georgia, better than a, a tip-top Clemson, even though hey, we just saw Clemson get beat by Duke legitimately. Oh my gosh, just upsets everywhere. We're not saying that we, that they are on that level of college football. We're not calling them a dominant Michigan or whatever. We're not, we're not doing it. But what we are doing is saying that when they are at their best, they are legit and should not be taken lightly anymore. At minimum. At minimum. And people still are going to try to hold that against them. Say that, no, that's not even worth them saying. Again, just a, this was a fluke. Oh, it'll never happen again. Too many things happened in that game that, to just say something would never happen again because it was just, oh, a one-time ordeal. No. This is a legitimate team that, again, got to a national title and was still ranked in, as top 20 in the nation. And they actively got beat at their own game by Colorado, by Dion, in a Fast-paced versus fast-paced, high-octane versus high-octane level matchup. They got beat. Legitimately. Legitimately. Because that's the case, we have to sit here and say at the moment, yo, this team, this team's for real. This team is for real. They're now ranked 22nd in the nation. They earned that. You can't take that away from them just because you want to, you don't want to believe that this is something legitimate. Wait for the inconsistency to show up before you then start calling some somebody or something a fluke. 
a, 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 a one-time ordeal, a mulligan on the part of college football as a whole. But as of right now, everything that you said that they could not do, they actively did. Everything. And Dion showed himself that he is legitimately more than just a big personnel. This is not just a, a, a show. This is not just a facade. This is not just a, an act. He is actually dedicated, driven, and capable of doing the same things that he did at Jackson State on the larger FBS level. And it legitimately translates. The luggage isn't fake. Louis Vuitton is real. The personnel is real. Swag is real. The capabilities are real. Everything that Deion Sanders has said that he's going to implement has been accomplished. As of right now, it, 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 he has proven it. There's no more doubters that say he can't win because he actively did against a legitimate comp- competition of opponent in TCU. So don't go and try to pull out everything against TCU now. Say, oh, they never had a good defense. Oh, they look at how they got routed by Georgia. Oh, they, 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 they aren't legitimately cream of the crop. All that stuff when they, again, in the college football playoffs that you all wanted to, earn, they earned their shot there. Now everybody's got a problem with the college football playoffs. That's a whole not, another conversation for another day. But again, a team that got to the top of the mountain legitimately came in second. Now faced against a team that was at one point in time one of the worst teams in college football, period. A disaster of an organization in Colorado. Again, 1-11. Horrible on all accounts. And Dion legitimately puts his all into living up to the contract that he signed. And the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? And the, oh my gosh. And the standard that he set for himself and for the organization. Oh yeah. Oh, it's legitimate now. There's nothing else anybody can say. Nothing else anybody can say. This is the real deal. And because this is the real deal, no longer do we need to sit back and, and, and try to pull out every excuse in the book for, for anybody. Again, we still expect su- sustained success from Dion and from Colorado. As a whole, we understand it. But as of right now, don't be trying to go and tear down the, what this major accomplishment legitimately is. At this point in time, don't do that. This is a legitimate, this is a legitimate accomplishment. This is a legitimate major upset. This is a legitimate coming of age. And and, and could be seen as the first win in a signified new era for college football. In the situation we could see Deion Sanders from this season potentially be the catapulting point for him being, if he chooses to stay in college football for the long term, 
a powerhouse of a coach that causes organizations to consistently turn around wherever he goes. Or if he stays in one spot for a long period of time, garner a personnel and make an organization out of wherever he's at to potentially, down the line, compete for a college football championship. And win it and have won now at every legitimate level of college football. This could be the start of that trajectory of a career. This is not me trying to jump the gun. This is legitimately a possibility that we could be seeing in college football. I'm not jumping the gun and saying, oh, he's the greatest thing ever. I'm not saying he's greater than Urban Meyer. I'm not saying he's greater than Nick Saban. I'm not saying he's going to eclipse everybody. No, no, I'm not doing it. What I am doing is understanding what this moment in time can signify down the road. What this could potentially be a starting match to a bigger light that will burn bright for years to come. That's what this could potentially be. That's why this win is so impactful. That's why this win is so incredible. That's why we are so excited that this is actively happening. This is a great win. And I can't wait to see the next time he plays, which I believe is against Nebraska. Again, like with anything, we have to make sure that the success is sustained through Nebraska and throughout the rest of the season. Well, of course, we hold everybody to the same standard. Whether you like them or not, that's what we do here. But with that being said, this is a great start to consistency that if this does bode true, and this does bode well. Softer and softer will the voices be of people now calling out Dion and say, oh, you ain't legitimate. And louder and louder will we see the train of talent and of fandom begin to follow Colorado and follow Dion. Recognizing him and recognizing the organization for what he is and for what they are right now, which is legit. And I'm excited to see that happen. And I can't wait to see it. Big, oh, yes, I'm tuning in for that game. Absolutely. We're going to track this team whole season. This, is, this, this could be the start of something serious. This could be the start of something serious. If the best, if the best version of this Cinderella story keeps on playing out, oh, this could be the start of something beautiful. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see it. But now, switching gears to the NBA, we have to talk about Christian Woods getting picked up by the Los Angeles Lakers in a major, major move for the offseason, signing him to a two-year deal. And now, with this all happening, I believe I can firmly say this fully completes the, the retooling process of, or rather the uptooling process of the Los Angeles Lakers roster because they did the one thing I have been waiting on them to do for the longest time. They got another center. Can you believe it? Thank the goodness we are finally seeing a similar team to the 2020 championship squad that the Lakers had when they were well-rounded well on all fronts. And I say that because understand when they won in 2020, they had a great shooting, shooting supporting cast. They also had a great ability to switch on defenders one through five and on top of that they had great interior presence to be able to not only score with Anthony Davis 
on the inside, but also be able to catch lives with Dwight Howard and be able to defend Andrew Bell McGee as well. And with all three of them, be able to defend inside of the post and be a dominant defensive wall against all teams in the NBA. And now that we see the Lakers retooling and uptooling and upgrading like they've been all offseason long, it is a legitimate comparison that I can now make to that team in 2020 because they have every single piece necessary to be able to not just compete, not just defend, but also to outscore and outrun any team in the NBA. They got youth. They got shooting. They got length. They got strength. They got defense. They got post presence. They now have rebounding and they have switch ability on defense. They have the ability to be uh, multifaceted on the offensive I mean, they can run multiple lineups either way you cut it this team looks like they can go with anybody and not feel outmatched not feel out of place but instead now have teams adapt to them because of their personnel this is phenomenal and this legitimately puts the Lakers in a great position to get back not just as one of the best teams in the West but also to get a great shot at getting past the Nuggets potentially this year and get to the NBA Finals because understand last year yes the Nuggets were absolutely the better team no doubt about it and they deservedly so they had been on a customer championship the past couple years had been first in the west a couple times had had always had one of the better records in the nba if not the best record in the nba for multiple seasons and they finally got over the hump and they won the chip with the coleocious with finding himself right now as the best basketball player in the world today however now with the loss of bruce brown this is a legitimate situation where one of their X-Factors is now gone. They have not retooled as much as we've seen other teams in the league. Now, do they have to? No, because they're pretty well-rounded. Absolutely. But now we get to a situation where the Lakers, were one of the main reasons why they lost that, that series, well, not just because of Nicole Jokic's and Jamal Murray's phenomenal play. Absolutely. No, again, not taking any credit away from what that team did because they absolutely ran roughshod and deservedly so on the Los Angeles Lakers and against every other team that they faced in the playoffs because they were just that good. However, now we can legitimately say that from top to bottom, Lakers have been able to match one of the biggest things that made the Nuggets as well as the Bucks when they were winning the championship and other teams around the league like Boston Celtics who were consistently and are consistently in contention. And what they've been able to do is match their depth. They now have a roster from top to bottom, similar to 2020, that is filled with pieces that can all compete and legitimately add to the production of the Los Angeles Lakers. This is what I've been waiting for from this team to get back to the roots of what got them to the dance in the first place, which is depth defense and uh, and uh, the ability to run the fast break better than anybody else in the league and that's what this team now looks like it can do christian woods is an athletic 610 not not uber athletic but an athletic 610 power forward slash center who can shoot 
phenomenally. Again, he shot 37% from the field last year on top of averaging 16 and 7 last year with also 1.1 blocks on the season with Dallas. And we've seen him be able to carry the offensive load like he did in Houston when he averaged 21 points a game on very good shooting from across the board because of the fact that Houston didn't really have anybody else. And he became a breakout star. So he's been able to carry the load as the vocal point on offense as well as being able to be in a role if he comes off the bench still applicable and still be able to perform just as well when he's got a diminished role even if he's in the starting lineup he knows how to adapt he knows how to adjust and he also knows how to still be able to utilize his best assets which is being able to be a stretch four or stretch five if he does play the center or power forward on this team as well as having the ability to if he needs to to create his own shot take it off the dribble from time to time against slower big men that's going to be matched against him as well as being able to have the hustle to get back on defense run out in transition and play to the strengths of the Los Angeles Lakers which is running in fast break this is a pickup that makes so much sense for the Los Angeles Lakers and has now put them in a prime position to take the reins as being one of the high favorites in the NBA not just in the West but in the NBA to be seen as a real threat to get to a championship and this I can't wait to see the matchup between the Nuggets and the Lakers come this season when it happens again if everybody stays healthy also by the way he averages 60 over the last four seasons he's been playing between 62 and 68 games every year so he's relatively healthy barring you know missing 20 games in 2018 games in the season so this is great because with Anthony Davis being so injury prone now you get a situation where you can still have big men that can actively take the load off of AD take some of the brunt of the force of being down in the paint and give him some time to not have so much on his joints on his ligaments and on his body to keep him as primed as can be for when the playoffs come around so all of this is to essentially say i can't wait to see the lakers play the nuggets this season because now we're looking at a situation where it's going to be depth versus depth and stars versus stars on an equal level playing field and we can honestly say right now it's looking really like the lakers if everything bows like it looks like it's going to bode it can really be said that the Lakers may have the best depth in the NBA right now in terms of well-rounded pillar to post talent across the board with Gabe Vincent, with Cam Reddish, with now Christian Woods on top of Willie Archimore, on top of Austin Reeves, on top of D'Lo, everything looks like they have actively done everything possible, at least within their power, to keep not just the money on their side, but also retooling to the point that now every hole that we had a problem with in terms of what the Los Angeles Lakers were watching them over these past couple years, ever since 2020, now has been plugged up and has now been solidified as no longer a weakness, but now a legitimate strength for this team. This is going to be a very interesting NBA season for the Los Angeles Lakers because this looks like the best opportunity for them to actively get to a championship. With LeBron getting surgery and being healthy, most likely, come next season, and Anthony Davis seemingly having better durability like we saw in the playoffs. Again, we're still concerned, and it's why I'm so happy that they got Jackson Hayes and Christian Woods to help carry some of that offensive load down low with him being able to be seemingly more durable and still being a defensive monster that we've seen him as 
if he's able to sustain or even bolster his offensive output, coupled with now the surrounding pieces of a complete team around both of those two stars, you're looking at a situation where the Lakers look like they are ready to take on the entirety of the NBA. And don't be surprised if a lot of people, potentially myself included, even have them as one of the favorites to win a title this year. Oh, this NBA season is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to see it. And we're going to tune in for it all right here on the World Report as it unfolds in in less than 50 days. I believe, oh, it's going to be great to talk about and witness. But with that being said, this has been another episode of the Watch Report with me, Jean-Luc Welch. Thank you for so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. You've been phenomenal. Again, leave a like on the video. Comment your thoughts and opinions on any segment of this show. Subscribe to the channel and share the show with everybody that you know so we can build up this empire together. Absolutely. Again, you all have been beautiful. Y'all have been wonderful. We're available on podcasts and platforms everywhere. So rate us five stars on everything. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We can get more ratings. We can get more people. To listen to the show, absolutely. But this has been the World Report. I've been John Luke Y'all have been phenomenal. Peace and love. We are out of here.